1: Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800 NextStep or text NextStep to 533-42 In Arizona, 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or visit KS Gambling Help ny or text hope ny in new york
2: welcome back in it is now the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs here on the game and the 107.5 the game app as we navigate through early signing day and uh, go comb through all of the great signees for south carolina's 2024 class tyler head west mitchell and chris clark Along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet studios, now happy to be joined by the head coach from Friendship Collegiate Academy up in D.C., the coach for Dylan Stewart, the headliner of South Carolina's 2024 class, Coach Mike Hunter. Coach, first of all, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I know it's got to be a pretty busy day for you. From a coach's perspective, for one, how exciting is it to have a player like Dylan be a part of your team for the years that he was and now being able to see him go off to an SEC school like South Carolina?
3: Uh, thank you guys for having me. Um, Dylan Dylan's a pretty special, guy, as You guys know, you know, from watching him on film and, and probably some of the interviews you've done. Uh, but I don't think he gets enough credit for the humbleness and the person he is and the great teammate he is. So that's the part I'm more excited about. Uh, you know, having him for the last four years and you know the things he's gonna do when he gets to South Carolina.
4: Hey, coach, appreciate you doing this. this is West Mitchell? Uh, w- what can you tell us? You know, just about Dylan and his personality. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. N- you know, not that there's anything wrong with doing hats on a table and having a big announcement. You know, everybody can can handle that the way they want. But for a five-star guy recruited by everybody in the country, I, I thought it was kind of interesting going back, I guess that was like four or five months ago, Dylan just kind of low-key put it out on social media. Hey, I'm committed to South Carolina. Does, <laughs> does that speak to kind of that, that humbleness you're talking about?
3: Yeah, that speaks volumes to it. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what was going to happen. He called me uh, that morning and said, Coach, I'm ready. i want to make my announcement. You know, I was like, well, let's go for it. And he just put it out on Twitter five minutes later. So uh, that's just the type of guy he is. He does, he's not looking for the all, all the attention. He just wants to get to work, play ball, and be a good teammate.
5: Coach, I know you had Chris Clark here. Thanks again for taking time on this busy day to do this once again. Uh, what did you see out of South Carolina – In terms of their approach to recruiting uh, Dylan, I know I came up there and visited with you guys at one point before Dylan had committed up in D.C., and he had already taken a whole bunch of visits, talked to a ton of coaches. So I know you've had kind of a front row seat to all this, but, but what did you see out of Sterling Lucas and Shane Beamer and the rest of the staff and how they recruited Dylan?
3: Uh, I just think they were very good people. You know, football is football, you know, SEC football is SEC football, you know, Big Ten and all that stuff is somewhat the same. And, and I just think the coaching staff did a good job of showing who they are as people, um, the relationships they built with Dylan, uh, and, you know, how things are going to go over the next three to four years while he's there in South Carolina. Um, and, and I think that, that was the probably the deciding factor, um, just how they handled the recruiting. They were always genuine. They were always up front, um, you know, with with him and his family and with me. And I think those are probably the biggest factors to him choosing South Carolina.
2: Again, talking to Mike Hunter, head coach from Friendship Collegiate Academy, about Dylan Stewart, the uh, top of the line uh, with South Carolina's 2024 class signing this morning on early signing day. You said he's been in your system for the past four years, at what point did you realize that Dylan Stewart was really special and could potentially be one of the best players in the country?
3: Uh, the first day of practice. <laughs> uh, when you see a guy, you know, with, with that size and that athleticism and the work ethic to go with it, you kind of know like look there's something special here. So my job as a coach is to, you know, stay on him and make sure he's doing the right thing, you know, just be an extension of his family, uh, when he's here at school with us. Uh, and, you know, he, he took care of the rest of it in the classroom and on the field.
4: Coach, I'm very curious, just from a coach's eye, um, what you can tell us just from a scouting report standpoint of Dylan. I, I mean, the obvious is, you know, you look at it, looks like a prototypical edge rusher that every school in the country looks for these days, you know, the the first step. that That stuff is obvious, but as you kind of go a little bit deeper than that, what can you tell us about the player that South Carolina has landed today?
3: Uh, he, he's special. He's special. We've had a lot of guys come through here that's done a great job for us, uh, not only in high school, but in college and even in the NFL. And, um, you know, all things work out for Dylan. I think he'll be mentioned with, with those guys, but just again, his work ethic, his athletic ability, um, you know, his humbleness, all of that stuff kind of put in one, uh, you know, makes a very special guy. And I mean, you can see him not only, Rushing the passer, but playing back in coverage. You know, some days in practice, you know, when we want to get loose a little bit, have some fun, he'll go out and play some DB and corner and and run with our wide receivers that are pretty good. So, um, he's just a special talent, and I'm excited for him.
5: Coach, tell us about how big Dylan is right now today. Maybe you haven't put him on the scale today, but about what he is. And then is he, you know, a guy that can run, say, four, five, four, six at his size? I feel like I recall you – saying that before
3: uh dylan right now is about six five somewhere in the 240 245 range and um you know as a sophomore was probably the last time i seen him run you know an electronic 40 and i want to say it was about uh four six a low four six
5: do you have i know he's
3: gotten stronger so
5: do, do you have a maybe a player comparison of again you've seen a lot of talent come through the DM your own school, the DMV region, nationally. I know you pay attention to things like that. Mm-hmm. Is there a player that maybe comes to mind that he may remind you of as far as style?
3: Uh yes. So if you got I mean Yannick Ngogwe was a guy that we had here at oh, Friendship yeah. mm-hmm. who uh, went on to play at University of Maryland and, you know, been in the NFL having a great career. Um Chase Young is obviously a local guy from the D C area. Um, went to Damascus, you know, is doing well in the NFL. Um, uh, obviously, Javion County you guys had down there in South Carolina. Um, and, you know, all these are, are lofty expectations, but Dylan is definitely a guy that can uh, get it done.
2: Again, talking to Coach Mike Hunter from French at Collegiate up there in D.C. where Dylan Stewart uh, is coming to South Carolina from, you know, talking about the D.C. area and, Coach Beamer and company have had a very good track record there the past couple of years. Tree Babalade, Nick Harbor out of this last cycle, now being able to pull Dylan from D.C. as well. I mean, from a coach's standpoint, why do Beamer and his staff have such good rapport with the guys up there, and what makes South Carolina so enticing to the high level recruits from that area?
3: Uh, I think just his, his history. Um, you know, his dad made a living uh, recruiting the DMV area. So, I think, you know, when he got the opportunity to lead his own program, uh, he probably made d- D.C. and the d and area a priority for him because he knows the talent that's here. Um, and, and they attack it as if it's somewhat of a home base or an extension of their home base in South Carolina. Um, and, you know, kids want to leave this area for whatever reason and go play in the SEC, and South Carolina is a great opportunity for those guys.
2: Well, Coach, uh, first of all, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of your time. I know it's a busy day for you and Dylan as well, and uh, we are so excited to see him uh, in a South Carolina uniform and what he's going to be able to do over the next couple of seasons.
3: All right. Thank you guys for having me, and good luck for the rest of the the way. And uh, I'm sure I'll be down in South Carolina to catch some games in the next few years.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Again, Coach Mike Hunter from Friendship Collegiate up there in D.C., Head coach for Dylan Stewart, five-star coming in with this uh, 2024 signing class. Some pretty lofty uh, comparisons there for some guys that he uh, he relates them to. And, man, feel he's able to live up to even half of that, he'll be a great player.
4: I mean, you look at let, – let's go back to when Dylan was kind of going through the process. The guys, the schools that were after Dylan and, and not just – you know, I, I think sometimes you look at an offer list. You say, "Man, look at this offer list." And some guys are just collecting offers, you know. And it, it doesn't may not be a committable offer, may not be a priority offer. Well, look at some of the schools Dylan Stewart was getting recruited by that were prioritizing him and and making him a top priority for them as uh, maybe the pat the top pass rusher on their board. And I, I think when you start looking at some of those schools, you know, you look at like an you know, Ohio State being involved and. Miami being involved, Georgia trying to get involved, uh, the number of schools that were trying to make a run at him. South Carolina really, guys, they had to stay the course. They had to hang in there. Uh, this is two straight years that Sterling Lucas has been in what you would call a big boy recruiting battle. And, uh, you know, this one played out a, a good bit differently than the Nick Harbor one. Final Same final result, but just didn't... You didn't quite have to sweat it out as much. But I, I think speaks volumes to the job South Carolina and Sterling Lucas are doing. But also, I mean, th- this is this is a big-boy recruiting battle. A true five-star guy. Five-star plus. We maybe haven't talked about that enough. Mm-hmm. You're you're a consensus five-star, not just in that the average is that you're a five-star. You're a consensus five-star, five-star plus, meaning all the services on three, 24-7, rivals, ESPN. They all see you as a five-star. That that means something, in my opinion. This
5: guy is just how you draw up, you know, a prototypical brush end. I mean, you heard the size, 6'5", 240 or so. So extremely impressive, you just look at him physically. But then you watch him move. So if you go turn on the tape, he can run, he can bend. He's a physical guy. And – all, by all indications, just kind of a no-nonsense guy. Again, the, plenty of guys that do hat ceremonies and flip and things like that are, are great kids who end up being great players, you know. But with Dylan, it just seems like there there hasn't been any of that, and so you really, for the South Carolina staff, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I mean, you heard Coach Hunter tell the story about how he handled his recruitment. Hey, I'm ready to commit. I'm going to commit. Boom. He does it. That's it. That, that, no – No fanfare, no drama, just does it. And there's something to be said for that as well. So, if you're South Carolina, you know, you need help at the edge position. That's been an area that's been a little bit lacking in terms of just the personnel. You want to continue to upgrade that. you lost a couple guys from 22 to 23, and I think that showed this is a guy who can step in and I think give you something right off the bat from a pass rush standpoint next year.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And... If you get a five-star, expectations are going to be high. Coach didn't shy away from that at all. But, you know, there's a reason everybody in the country wanted you. And, you know, I, I think it sets up well, especially depending on, is this a 3 defense? Is this a 4 defense? Is it multiple? I tend to think it's going to be pretty multiple. There, There is room for a guy with his skill set, especially on third downs, to just come right in and play.
2: So we asked Coach Hunter his comparisons a moment ago, from your guys' perspective, what you've seen oh, of him, what you know time. about him. If you had to compare him to someone, what's your comparison?
5: The ones I thought of were Chase Young, Yannick Ngakwe, and Clowney. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just stole his. No, I mean, I I don't know if I really have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I all I have a standard policy that's in place where I will never compare anybody to Jadavian Clowney. Like even if Jadavion has like a Jadavion junior son who ends up, being, like I will not even compare him to him. Um, but like those guys were highly ranked guys too. I mean, Clowney was the consensus, not only five-star, but consensus number one player in the country for a reason. Chase Young, super highly recruited guy. He He's even bigger than Dylan, I think was even bigger, maybe coming out of high school too. But from that same area, played at DeMatha Catholic. I think those are pretty decent comparisons. You know, I don't, at South Carolina on the local level, don't know if I have anybody, but he's just your like, like lab grown, you know, prototypical. If you wanted to kind of draw up what your ideal Russian would look like, it, Dylan Stewart looks like that.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm not good with the comparisons either, unless it's just an obvious one. But yeah, this this guy is what you're looking for, and I I, I guys, I don't really care about offer list but I care about who truly is prioritizing you and that's that's what just stood out to me with with Dylan and you know big win here for them and just I look at the current roster I don't really see a ton of guys built like him so I think that really sets itself up well for him to come in play early another early enrollee yep he'll be on campus sounds like from what Gregory and Dante were telling us January third is kinda kinda the day. So
2: when do classes start? That, that, that next w- Monday or something?
4: I think the tenth. Okay. That's what somebody said. Was that Dante or Wendell? One of them said the tenth, I think.
2: Yeah,
5: it's around there. So you'll you'll see the guys I mean, most guys will get there that day if if there's anybody else.
2: Then, right. Yeah. We'll uh run back through the entire class that is signed so far is and most of the hay has already been in the barn for a while this morning. But we're going back through it as the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, rolls on on this early signing day on the game, the game app, and coming very soon the Game TV, January 2nd. Stay tuned for more details. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Chris Clark, along with you on this early signing day. And, again, thank you to everyone that has Gotten to join us this morning, Dante Reno, Wendell Gregory, Coach Mike Hunter from Friendship Collegiate in that last segment there. Um, For those that haven't been listening the entire time, just kind of running through everything, pretty much everybody that we knew was on the committed list has signed um, for this morning already. Uh, The only one that we're still waiting on, Braden Lee, who should be having his announcement right in about an hour. That kind of being the only one that may seem to be going in the other direction, but as we've talked about all morning long, you know, if you've looked at South Carolina's commitment list in the past month or so, then all those same guys have already signed for the um, two thousand and twenty-four class. So, again, you know, hats off to Beamer and company for the retention they've been able to have in uh, you know what can be a very chaotic day for some programs out there.
4: Fans like the excitement of old national signing days, right? I think coaches, for the most part, these days would love to just have a quiet signing day, right? Generally. Like, I mean, there are still some high school guys out there. I haven't really paid much attention today. Was KJ Bolden? Has he?
2: Um, has he I don't done know anything he's made yet? Announcement yet or not? I know he was crystal balled to Georgia, but I'll check. Um, that that one.
4: So I I was talking to somebody yesterday randomly who's who's just been tracking that one very closely. That one is fascinating behind the scenes. He's number. 13 overall prospect in the country, number one safety in the country. This, dude, the RPM, this thing is bouncing all. It's got Florida State on here, Georgia on here, Auburn on here.
2: Well, oh, you know about the uh, the Georgia Buford curse, right? Georgia just does not seem to get guys it's, out of Buford. It's not um, a thing I'm aware of. Uh, Dylan Riola, who literally came to Georgia to round out his oh. high school career playing at Buford, one of many names that ended up going out there like Robert Candice a couple years ago, ended up going to Ole Miss. Robert- um, I know that's a name you hadn't heard in a while, right? But um, K.J. Bolden, another Buford guy that there's heavy indication he might land at Georgia, but a lot of Georgia fans are not convinced the curse is going to be coming to an end.
5: They have a 2025 guy committed from Buford,
2: too. but I mean, Committed's not signed.
5: But, yes, there, there are there is some talk that he's
2: been looking around. Okay. And Bolden <laughs> has the ceremony today at 1 o'clock, so we've got about o'clock. two more hours oh, okay. to find out about him. Ge- there any-
4: Georgia has the buzz. Are there any other national... Um big name Briola obviously already did his yeah.
2: thing. That was anticlimactic. Nothing like mainstream I would say that I can think of. So um
4: watching Jordan Seaton Has he signed I don't know. With he, he's posting memes yesterday I think. <laughs> uh, by the way, here locally so Quay, Quay Scott mm-hmm. I saw did officially sign with Kentucky. <laughs> um I think Bray Staley had already started like practice with Tennessee or something. So that wasn't really one we were even mm-hmm. continuing to track. Daniel Hill not signing today. Even some question. I had half assumed, but also been told that Daniel was going to do like the silent sign, you would say. Then I believe we heard yesterday. Chris, Daniel had told some people he was just going to wait till February because he's announcing on January 6th. So that that is a guy for South Carolina. We are still sort of, you know, just tracking, keeping an eye on as far as high school guys. But for the most part, you know, once, once Braden seemingly flips to Maryland here, Daniel will really just be the final high school guy I think we're tracking unless anybody mm-hmm. pops up. There's always a chance somebody pops up, but it, it's – more and more rare for there to be high school guys left after today.
5: It's entirely possible that you know DeBron Gatling was the last aside from Daniel Hill, you know, D- Danny might be the D1 Danny. D1 Danny. My
4: Uncle guy. Dan. He he might
5: he might be the last, he might be the last high school guy. But again, we don't know, but it's entirely possible. And um you know, so as as fun as the early signing period is, um, th- there are still potentially some storylines to watch after today, and, and Daniel Hill was one of them. Then, of course, the possibility that some more high school guys could pop up. And then the spring, we're a long way away from that, but you got the spring transfer portal window after spring practice for 15 days as well.
4: So transfer-wise right now, if, if I can count, which is debatable, we're just waiting on a couple of guys. Jaden McGowan. Yep. Which, there have been rumors. Sure. So we'll see. And then Jared Brown, Chris, you've been in contact with Jared Brown, right? Yep.
5: He uh, says he will sign at some point before Beamer's press conference at three.
2: Mm, three and a half hours.
5: Yep. So Beamer will be able to talk about him officially. So, um, and still. Still waiting on to see what happens with Jaden McGowan, who is currently committed, and that's it, right?
4: Yeah, so Gerald Kilgore is in is in now officially. I I do have a message into Jaden, I have not heard back. So,
5: and what what we're watching there for anybody saying what in the world are you all talking about? Jaden McGowan obviously committed to South Carolina, uh, former Vandy receiver, spent a couple seasons there originally from Lawrence, he is committed in the class, but there's been some Boston College buzz there. He was originally slated to, he took an official visit to South Carolina, was going to take an official visit to Boston College. Presumably that was canceled behind the scenes in favor of him committing to South Carolina. But Boston College has reemerged a little bit lately. And in this kind of, this is an interesting era in college football. And so um, there's been some talk about him continuing to look around. He's kept it pretty quiet, and so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. That's a storyline that we're continuing to track as well.
2: We'll uh, run through the entire commitment list in, in just a moment as have some people asking just for the full list that uh, maybe have not been able to get to a computer today. But first, as we're approaching Christmas, I finished up my Christmas shopping, technically shopping, yesterday by going over to our friends at Goldline in West Columbia, picking up uh, picking up a couple frames from them. Ty, let me just say, man, I'm proud of you, dude. I
4: mean, for one, you're already done with your Christmas shopping. For two, you have been, you, you hit Firehouse yesterday. I did. I believe you hit Still Hands this week. I did. And you hit our friends at Gold Line Framing I'm, I'm as loyal. well. I'm very loyal. Yes. And uh, th- not only are those sponsors, Tyler, but they're, they're great people and great businesses as well, which is why we work with them in the first place. Um, you name it, they can frame it at Gold Line Framing. Perfect last-minute Christmas gift. You can also guess what? They have gift certificates. So if you kind of feel like this might be something somebody would like, but you don't like actually have the product in front of you, like you don't have the jersey or the diploma or the artwork that you think they might want framed, just get a gift certificate from Goldline Framing, and then they can take that and go have it framed themselves. They do have holiday hours. Let's see. They are open today. Today is Wednesday. 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and um, they are uh, switching to some holiday hours. So make sure you call ahead after today, 803-739-1337. Goldline Framing, check them out. Anything you need framed, they can handle it for you.
2: We'll run through the full list of signees as our early signing day. Extravaganza rolls on here on The Game and the 107.5 The Game app. House subs, Tyler Head. Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, along with you on this early signing day. I'll let you know coming up tonight at 6 o'clock. It is Carolina Calls with Coach Paris. Men's basketball team picking up a win last night over Winthrop to continue their winning ways this season, improving to 10-1 on the season. So excited to hear from Coach later on tonight ahead of their game against Elon coming up on Friday. Real quick, just kind of want to run through the list of guys that have officially signed with South Carolina this morning, which is pretty much the entire list of commitments we had coming into the day with Dylan Stewart, Josiah Thompson, Michael Smith, Wendell Gregory, Cam Pringle, Mazio Bennett, Fred Johnson, uh, Kelvin Hunter, Jalewis Solomon, Dante Reno, Matthew Fuller, Blake Franks, DeBron Gatling, David Busey, Mason Love, and the only one we're still waiting on for the class of 2024, again, is Braden Lee, who's set to make his announcement here in about 30 minutes or so. And again, a lot of, a lot of indication that maybe he ends up swinging towards Maryland uh, with this commitment.
4: Yeah, it seems to be heading that direction I think almost at the point fair to say it would be kind of a surprise if it wasn't Maryland at this point I, I think and so that, that's that been something we've been tracking as a possibility for, for quite some time again for the most part South Carolina has held on to their guys in this class uh, not uh, you know not for lack of trying let me see if I can get that phrase right not for lack of trying for other schools so uh, in this case does seem like Braden Lee is going to end up sticking to playing at home as opposed to um, heading out of state to South Carolina, where he's actually been committed for for months now. But again, we've known this was a possibility. He took an ov to Maryland, then he hosted the entire South Carolina staff. Seemed to truly, Chris, I think, be torn down the stretch of this thing. But now does appear that it's it's more than likely going to be Maryland. But we'll we'll watch it just to see.
5: It's definitely been back and forth. Um, You know, mentioned it earlier, kind of started during the football season. You know, Lee committed early. He made his way to Maryland for a couple unofficial visits for games, and that kind of got some people's eyebrows raised, right? Like, hey, he's on campus in Maryland. Of course, that's his home state, being from the DMV region, being from Maryland. Uh, He knows a lot of guys on the team. He knows some guys that are in their current recruiting class. And so – that, that kind of raised your eyebrows a little bit. But then he got back on campus at South Carolina for the Florida game this year for a follow-up visit. Things seemed stabilized, and it was kind of back up in the air. South Carolina did an in-home. Good vibes after that. But, it, you know, you, you get my point, right? Like back and forth, back and forth. And for this one, I think the the home, the ability to stay home, to stay close to family. He's, he's close with his mother. I think that's weighing in here. Um, don't really think it's anything that South Carolina did wrong per se. Um, I think it's just the, the ability to stay closer to home is probably going to win out for Braden Lee. And so when you look at, hey, what does that mean in the class? You know, because South Carolina has not so far opted to take a portal defensive back. They had offered what at least one. They offered one. Our guy Blanket West. But once Od Fortune announced that once it was reported that he was coming back, you saw that kind of die down. You have Jalouva Solomon in this class, who's your other corner, who South Carolina really, really likes. Um, Lee's a guy that I like as a prospect. So, does this change your outlook a little bit on, you know, maybe taking a portal guy? I don't really know in terms of this year uh, because, again, Lee was just going to be a freshman. This isn't like losing, you know, a junior or a senior off of your roster where you feel like you've got to backfill it through the portal. But, um I think would be a loss from the class because it's it's a good player, um, but you're you got some young guys still on the roster. Um, you've got your corner room, except for Marcellus Dial, seems intact, and I think Jaleus Solomon's a guy that is going to have a really really good shot to factor in early.
4: To me, it it, cha- it changes my numbers, like down like big picture wise, like probably even looking ahead to twenty twenty five. I'm kind of going all right. We liked Braden a lot. You got to kind of replace, you know, could he could he be a true lockdown cornerback? Um, you got to kind of look to replace that long-term. As far as this season, I'm really only taking a corner out of the portal if I'm finding, like, a dude. Like, a, a true, like, hey, I, I can put this guy on an island and he can go cover. To me, that that would be... M- much like South Carolina, I think needs, like we have talked about, that number one receiver. You know, if you can get that guy, you got to go get him. At receiver, you kind of have to take a- some guys anyway. But for me, at corner, I don't know if I'm taking a guy just to take a guy. I think it's only if just the-, the right person floats out there. I don't think that guy exists right now, to be honest. Now, could somebody else pop in there that you look at and you say, wow, there's a tie here. This is a true you know, has the hips to just go play man coverage and replace a number one corner, by all means, if that happens, you go get that guy. But I, I don't think you do that just because.
5: And you look at the rest of the DB room for South Carolina, you've got some interesting players. You know, you've got Solomon who – Wes, I think you could play Solomon about anywhere. You could say go play wide receiver. You could say play nickel, corner, safety, I think he can do a lot of different things for you. He's just that Georgia, just kind of got the the dog mentality, right? Like, you can just go play him anywhere. But it seems like South Carolina really likes him as a corner. You got Kelvin Hunter in the class who, you know, physical guy, a hitter. I think he'll have an opportunity to play special teams pretty early in his career. Um, and then you've got David Busey as well, who's probably a nickel or a safety for South Carolina. Again, I think he's going to have an opportunity to be a really good special teams player. Maybe is not – certainly the offer list, the physical profile isn't going to jump out at you, but I think has a chance to be a really, really solid player here as well.
2: Uh, somebody else we had not got a chance to talk to about today, Mason Love signing as a kicker and obviously – where you have uh, Mitch Jeter moving on to Notre Dame kicking looking like it's going to be an open competition this upcoming season. He's somebody else that could come in with an opportunity to play right away depending on how uh, things go with uh you know spring camp and everything.
4: Yeah, originally was landed as a punter. And so the the thought for Mason Love was come in, you know, if if Kai were to have left, which we know he now he didn't, but when you were recruiting him, you didn't know that. If Kai were to have left, or if Kai was to have left, then yeah, Mason Love probably steps right in and is your punter. Now, I'm trying to see the official. Where is the official graphic? Did they list him punter and kicker, or just mm, juicy. punter?
5: I'm not sure. Let me see.
4: We'll effort that they listed him as a punter. However. Mason has had a really, really good year as a as a place kicker this year, too. I would imagine you factor him in to the competition as well. Although there, there are people on campus right now, guys, who have waited their turn to be the kicker and now are going to actually potentially have a spot to go earn that or have a chance to go earn that spot. He's, I mean,
5: this is a highly ranked guy, um, you know, pun, punter rankings. But, you know, Kai Kroger was a, a big-time, highly-rated guy. I think if if they take a look at him and say, hey, we, we need to give this guy an opportunity kicking as well, then you may see that. Y- you typically don't see guys handle all of it. You know, that, that's not something you typically see. But they have seemed to hone in a little bit more on him as a punter. But he
4: can do it. But if Kai is your punter. He if wouldn't Kai's have to punter, do both. yeah.
5: He wouldn't have to. I'm just mean for the future, yeah. Right. So, what what do you, do you have him concentrate on kicking early in his career, and then transition to punter? Right. It's just there's a lot of fascinating questions there, but wouldn't be given
4: the year he had, he has some range. He hit some long ones in high school. The you know what else is fascinating? I hear everybody asks whenever Mason Love committed. Well, can he throw the football like guy? <laughs> and that seriously was one of the most asked questions that we got. Yes, it was. And so South Carolina actually does incorporate that into their evaluations with punters now. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, like if, if you're averaging like 60 yards a punt, but you can't throw the ball three yards, I I think they'll make do. Sure. <laughs> but having athleticism at that position being able to hold your own, being able to be that threat, um, they now factor that in as well. So a lot of people probably don't have the cachet that a Pete Limbo does to, to let that even matter. Like you're just saying, let's find a punter, period. If they can punt, they can punt. South Carolina factors that in, which I, I think is very cool, and they have built a reputation for punters liking that aspect to potentially – affect special teams in that way.
2: We will uh, put a bow on National Signing Day or excuse me early signing day when we come back, but first I want to thank our friends over at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley for always being such a great supporter here of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour.
4: Yeah, my friend Kendall Walsh, um hit her up today. Just do what I did, do what me and my wife did. When we were in the market to buy a home, we wanted somebody who would take all of this stuff off of our plate and Kendall did that for us. She can do that for you, too. It is a daunting process, to be completely honest. Lots of paperwork. Lots of, hey, this guy's got to come look at the house. That person's got to come look at the house. Hey, look at this paperwork. Hey, we've got an offer. They've got a counter offer. You need somebody who can just handle all that for you. Kendall can do that. 803-414-3590. Kendall Walsh and the Dwell Columbia team at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley. Call them today if you're buying, selling, investing. Any of the above. If it has to do with real estate, she'll help you. 803-414-3590.
2: Wrapping up signing day, early signing day, that is, coming up. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Welcome back in. It is the GameCock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head West Mitchell, Chris Clark, along with you for a few more minutes. I'll remind you about the 1075 Game app. You can take us wherever you go. Just head to the App Store, whether that be the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. And download the 107.5 The Game app and listen to us anywhere you are. One hit the the uh, Firehouse subs text line real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Brock waiting a little bit earlier said second straight year getting over the blue chip ratio. This is the kind of classes you have to keep building on and keep getting over that 50% blue chip ratio, which according to the latest rankings on on three, South Carolina is the final team at number 20 to get over that ratio. Nebraska behind them at 21 with just 28% on the blue chip ratio. So uh, another thing to uh, be able to hang your hat on with this great signing class. Yeah, man.
4: Class, uh, the guys they got are are really, really talented, I think. And you start with the upper end of that, getting a couple of five stars and – you know, th- those are those are both difference makers, Josiah and Dylan. And then I think there's some depth to this class too, y'all. Like if you ask me what stands out, it's that hey, yeah, they're two five stars at the top, but the the industry average has Matthew Fuller way down this list. And then you talk to a guy like Charles Power, who I respect his opinion as much as anybody in recruiting, and he's like, "This is a four star player," and thinks Matthew Fuller has. A a huge upside at South Carolina. So, I I think that kind of speaks to the depth of this class. And, um, you know, the fact some guys just kind of get forgotten. We had Wendell on earlier. I mean, it's a four-star playmaking linebacker. Um, Probably deserves a little bit more attention. Michael Smith is, according to some people, like a top five tight end in the country. Can go make plays for you. So, uh, it's not... It, it is a top-heavy class when you look at the five stars, but then it's not a top-heavy class, really, when you start to look at the depth.
5: I really like Michael Smith a lot. Like We saw this guy in Camp West, legitimate size, can run, can make big plays for you. Go back and look at his film this year. South Carolina scouted him extensively this year as well, even after he committed, and you just talk to people that are familiar with him that have seen him play, and they rave about him. I mean, the, the athleticism. He's got wide receiver-type ball skills, but in a tight end's body. And so he's one of those guys that may be kind of lost in Dylan Stewart, Josiah Thompson. There's some guys that are really solidly in that four star range. Michael Smith being one, Matthew Fuller
2: being another one. This now being Coach Beamer's fourth signing class as he gets ready for his fourth year as the head coach. You know where do you kind of sit? And obviously we still got to see these guys on the field. You know live up there to the potential, obviously. But all, as far as signing day goes, where does this one rank as far as where you guys felt on those other signing days?
4: is The best one by far, right?
5: Out of Beamer's classes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think it's close. I agree,
5: and I think one thing you can point to as evidence for that is um, you look at the where are the two five stars. They're on the line of scrimmage, you know not not that not that you know signing a five star quarterback in this class or finding a five star receiver, running back. Like you would love to stack as many of those types as possible, but if you are going to have a couple of five stars in the class, you look at the line of scrimmage, right? A couple premium positions offensive tackle, more specifically, probably left tackle, and then the edge position. And those are a couple positions that have generated a lot of discussion in Columbia as of late, too. So you add those guys, you add a couple talented receivers. You got a back in there who's a four-star player who was a, what, a 2,000-yard-plus rusher in high school. Um, You've got some pieces in this class, some some kind of versatility when you spread around the class. There's not – not a lot of holes. Like you, I think you look at it, you go, hey, you'd, you probably would have liked a high school defensive tackle in there, right, ideally. maybe You would want another corner, especially with looking at how Braden Lee is probably flipping to Maryland. There are a few things in there, but generally you've done a pretty good job of hitting some need areas and then adding some really, really good players. There's some depth to this class when you get past those two five-star guys right at the top of it.
4: For sure. Um, let's see what Beamer has to say later, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Coming up three o'clock, we'll finally hear from Coach Beamer. We can actually talk about these guys and not just be vague about it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, the obvious ones would be Dylan Stewart and Josiah Thompson, headlining this class. Any other guys? Maybe a little bit lower on the list. You're excited to hear, you know, Coach Beamer give a little bit of a more of a deep dive into. Uh. Sh-
5: Maybe Fred Johnson. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind for me.
2: I mean, he just ran up there to watch his state championship game the other weekend when on a very busy transfer portal recruiting weekend. Yeah,
4: there, there's reasons to be excited about a lot of these guys, I think. But Fred probably and and he's such a quiet. Yeah, I don't know if he's quiet if you spend a lot of time around him, but I know in terms of like interviews and stuff like that, he just doesn't do many of them. Same thing with Matt Fuller. So, right. Yeah, I mean, you look at Johnson, man. He, he's a guy. Like, Remember when he came to camp,
5: Wes? We knew about him.
4: Tested off the charts. But he was he was
5: 6'3", 225. He ran well. He jumped well. He shuttled well. And then just looked great in drills. Man, who, who is this guy? Then you go look at his film. You see him playing wide out. Played for a, a really loaded high school team at Maury up in Virginia. Had a big year. Won a state championship. So, again, th- there are a few guys that I feel like, even though they're four-star guys – like they're flying a little bit under the radar, even in Gamecock Nation. Like most people know Jalewis, Solomon, all those guys. Johnson, a little bit under the radar and really high on his upside.
2: It was a successful signing class for South Carolina. We'll continue to react to it all day long as early signing day does roll on here on the game and the 107.5 the game. After that, we for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with myself and Terry Ford up next here in the game. There's no
0: one here. Madness is here.